Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Venture capitalists invest in startup companies hoping that their risk will pay off with big financial reward. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs talking with Adi Pundak Mitz, a venture capitalist whose investments are paying off in money and social dividends as well. You were part of a startup called Galil Software that's providing a lot of opportunities in the IT sector for Israelis of Arab descent. Can you tell me a little bit about that? With pleasure. First, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. The idea behind Galil Software is to take two problems or two disadvantages and create an advantage out of them. Uh, Arabs in Israeli society don't have equal access and participation to the high-tech industry, and therefore there is a relatively high degree of unemployment, mm -hmm. for example, in, in the Galil sector of the country, which is in the northern part. And at the same time, uh, what you can see in Israel is inequality created by the haves and have-nots. So the idea behind Galil Software was Catching a trend which is outsourcing, Israeli startups outsourcing to India or to the Ukraine, and trying to see how do you outsource to minorities within your own country. So in effect, what we took is Arab Israelis who don't have equal access to high tech, high tech companies outsourcing jobs away from the economy, and merging the two phenomena together, creating jobs and hopefully great participation, to great scholars, leaders, and hard workers in the Arab sector. And are you making money? So we're in initial stages in this company, and the idea is, as the idea is behind social entrepreneurship, to create financially smart investments. Mm -hmm. So the idea at first is to create a company. This is the social sector coming in using venture capital skills and creating jobs. So at first, we're in an investment phase and we're not making money. And I think the way this company will be measured is when is it self-standing and does not require outside funding, which I expect will happen in 2009. 2009 is gonna be a difficult year because of the financial crisis, mm -hmm. but I still believe we'll be able to reach uh, break even in 2009. And then the company will become hopefully uh, profitable, and at some point in time, we'll even create an exit, which means windfall to the employees. But the way we're measuring ourselves is how many jobs we're creating. But that, that time span to profitability really isn't that much different from a standard company with no sorts of social agenda. Correct. But if you take the venture capital discipline where there is a strong emphasis on creating high growth, mm -hmm. high value, and in a short time frame, here we're relaxing a bit of the constraints using a lot of the skill sets. So there is more focus on sustainability and long-termness. Mm -hmm. There is focus on creating jobs as opposed to creating value. And I think at the end, because of good work of the employees and the management, there will be profits, there will be windfall, but the focus is on long-term sustainability. And this, this company would not have been created without the social motif behind it. I see. You're also involved in another venture called the Oasis Fund that funds sustainable enterprises in the Negev region. Can you tell us a little bit about that area and why you were interested in investing there? So Oasis Fund is still 
under construction, which uh-huh. means we're in the funding phase where we're trying to get people who are socially aware to fund the fund, which will later build businesses very similar to Galil Software. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea behind choosing the Negev, which is in the southern part of Israel, it represents perhaps 50% of the land mass of Israel, but only 1% of the population. So what you find there, as in many other rural areas around the world, is greater degrees of unemployment, lower access to high-quality education, and people who are somewhat successful and are able to emerge from that kind of environment move to the urban areas, Mm -hmm. creating even greater inequality. So the idea is to make the Negev which is a desert in essence, Mm -hmm. an attractive place for people to make their lives, especially people who are born there. So rather than moving to urban area, staying in the rural area and making it an attractive place to live, make a living, create education and create jobs. And and, and again, the idea much like behind Galiz Software, how do you take a disadvantage and make it an advantage? Mm -hmm. So if it's a desert area, by implication, there's a lot of solar energy right. and potential for solar energy. And I think the green te- trend in the world today will enable us to to create interesting businesses that are environmentally friendly in the Negev. It's also a very interesting place for tourism. And so we will try to take some of the uh, fundamental facts about the Negev and make them an advantage as opposed to advin- disadvantage create jobs, create communities. There's also uh, quite a few ethnic groups there, particularly Bedouins. Mm-hmm. And if at some point in time we're able to integrate them into the different businesses we will finance, that would be very exciting. Now, we've been talking about the part of your life that's dedicated to making change. But there's also a part as a venture capitalist that's just dedicated to making money. How do those two parts fit together? So I think that they don't, and there is a certain (laughs) beauty that dissonance creates perhaps good energy. Mm -hmm. And I think many of us face the dilemma of, as I was saying earlier and quoting others, how do I become a Marxist and own a jacuzzi at the same time? And so the idea here is, as an individual, I'm trying to invest in education and decrease the amount of inequality in my country, Mm -hmm. and as a professional, I try to create great investments that will create great profits for my investors. And I think I try to use the same skills in both, which basically mean taking individuals who are smart and need a bit of assistance and making them believe in themselves and doing for themselves rather than asking others to sustain them. Were you always doing this sort of social venturing in the whole time you've been a venture capitalist, or did you have some sort of epiphany? Um, No real epiphany, but I think it goes back to my roots. I come from a very, very modest background. When I was a little kid, uh, when it would rain, there'd be rain coming into our house. So I kind of remember where I came from. Mm -hmm. I feel privileged. I think the fact that I've been able to be successful is highly related to the fact that I got access to quality education. I'm not sure that if I had been born today or 10 years ago, I would have gotten that same access. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make the world at least as good as I found it and better if possible. So I 
always was aware of where I came from and that I'm privileged. And now I'm trying, or in the last few years, to help create the social change after I've become capitally successful. So people have been drawn to social venturing, at least since the 1990s. Now with the global financial crisis, does that make this sort of enterprise more attractive, less attractive? I think it makes it less attractive because there is less capital available mm -hmm. and uh, when people have less money, they are less likely to give. But at the same time, I always think that a threat is also an opportunity. So I think the businesses that will be erected, the funds like Oasis that will be created, will be stronger, will focus on more uh, socially responsible investments. and. Uh, I think if you come out of a fractured background, it often leads to greatness. Mm -hmm. So maybe if these businesses are emerging in a, fra a financially fractured background, they could emerge as very strong and hopefully create a lot of jobs and help increase the quality of education in their areas. You know, it's difficult to be a socially responsible investor if you're a small investor and you're, you're in mutual funds and you don't even control the sort of companies you own. But venture capitalism is, is often seen as too high risk for a, a small-time investor. So how does the average person apply their principles to their investing? I'm not sure I have a good answer. I would say that before you worry about your investments, make sure that you, your words, your deeds are in accordance with your values. So my question, uh, my answer would be a question and that is, are we living our lives in a socially responsible manner? So if we take green as a theme and climate change, if we're driving a car and if we're eating meat every meal, are we acting ourselves responsibly? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's more about looking at our own actions and how do they correspond to values and less seeking how others, invest, investors or companies are socially responsible. So I think there is a lot that we need to do in the basic acts of our mm -hmm. da daily lives that will lead to these socially responsible changes. Are there areas where you feel social venturing can be more effective even than a nonprofit or government might be? So, a bit arrogantly, I think that almost everywhere. <laughs> uh, I think the beauty of social venturing is that it, be, it brings a lot of the business skills and managerial skills that are often lacking in government or even in some NGOs. It's, it's a grassroots approach with world-class expertise. Mm -hmm. And I think it can create lots of small changes where I think it may be lacking when I compare it to governments, for example, is in scale. I think social venturing may not reach the same scale as governments do. If I think of education as an example, mm -hmm. clearly a minister of education can create more change if teachers' unions are aligned than if I help a certain school in increasing its quality of mathematics. Tell me a little bit about your World Fellows experience. What do you think you'll be taking away from this? 
I think I'd be better able to answer the question a few months from now uh-huh. than while in motion. But if I try to predict, it's uh, how each of us can create a small change and that might be more significant than looking at others trying to create big changes. So perhaps lots of small changes are more important that, than d- distinct singular big changes. Thank you. That was Adi Pundak Mintz, partner in Gemini Israel Venture Capital Funds and a participant in Yale's World Fellow Programs for emerging leaders around the globe. For more information, please visit yale.edu slash worldfellows.